Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. So where is the business today? So today is your focus as a professional speaker. Like what, what is the current entity that you reside in? Where is it going? What's it doing? Well, this might come as a big surprise, but COVID had a significant impact <laughs> on my business. Shocker. <laughs> but there's so many online. Like I've been speaking all over the world since COVID started. I just haven't left my office. Oh, uh-huh. well. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's good. So I should talk to you. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I've also been speaking, you know, but it's, it's um, the conferences that were my target have not been happening. Right. And, and did you not move to online? Did the associations not create online summits? The associations, right. The corporate has moved a lot online. Yeah. The associations are starting to more because it's been such a long Period. No one thought it was going to last as long. Right. Yeah. So there's, they're saying, well, you know, we really need to get, we really need to do something. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm still holding a deposit for, for one conference that was scheduled for May. Oh, wow. And, and they haven't even, they haven't even rescheduled yet. So that's when I really had to start thinking about how to shift my model. And, and that's really what, I'm, what I've been struggling with is how to, how to create a coaching business, how to create a training business. Uh, and our create's not quite the right word, but build it from the speaking business because the, the kernels of that were, were already there. I just didn't think I was going to need it for a while. And, you know, there we go again. There's uh, right. life, life presenting us with the unexpected. Yes. And that, you know, all of the, all of the, cliches and, and catchwords we like to use to pivot, to adapt, to be agile. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's, good. Right. that's so life. Not pay the price to the higher levels of consciousness. You got to walk the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, um, you know, that's, that's my, my struggle right now. And, uh, and I'm once again, go back. Uh, I joined, uh, I joined an online coaching program. Um, and, and a lot of it is really is mindset. Um, you know, there's a, if you, want to watch, if you want to watch a really enjoyable TED Talk, um, there's a fellow, I, I don't know if I can pronounce his name quite right. It's, I think it's Jai Jing. And I think he got a best-selling book out of it now. He's huge on the speaker circuit now. But he had some kind of situation like this where I think he lost his job. I'm not sure. But he decided that he was so intimidated by asking for things um, that he was going to start asking people for ridiculous things. Okay. He was going to set himself up for rejection. And I think, he, I think his plan was to do this for a hundred days or for a whole year. I don't remember. It was really fascinating to me because in, in, in Jewish tradition, there's a whole school that took this approach. They go into the you know, uh, hardware store and ask for a loaf of bread, um, just so people would ridicule them, so they would become desensitized to insults and, and to uh, they would they would work on their humility. But he did exactly this. 
And, and he said what he found after a while, first he found that it wasn't so bad to get rejected, you know, go up to a stranger and ask for money, um, that type of thing. But he said after a while, what happened is that he started getting the things he was asking for. And he kept trying to make more and more absurd requests. And he asked a policeman if he could drive his car around the block. And the guy said, the, guy, the officer let him. <laughs> He's got one on video of he went into Krispy Kreme donut shop and asked them to give him the donuts shaped like the Olympic uh, flag. <laughs> you know, look it up on YouTube. It's, it's hysterical. Uh, this young, young woman behind the counter is trying to figure out how to do this with they cutting up the donuts and putting the different color icing on it. It doesn't even charge him for it. <laughs> when you feel the confidence of, I'm not afraid of rejection. I, I, can, I have the right to ask for this. What's the worst thing that can happen? When you, if you're afraid, you're going to radiate fear. And if you radiate fear, people aren't going to take you seriously. They're going to see you as a predator. Uh, not as, as prey, <laughs> you see you as a victim. But if you radiate self-confidence and you have good reason to, you need, you need to know that you're, you're going to be able to deliver on, on, what you're, on what you're selling. But if you've got a product and, and you're passionate about it and you're confident in it and you approach people, people will respond. It's just, it's just human nature. And, you know, and it's hard. I was on this conference call of, of 20 speakers in this coaching group, and some of them are very established. And they're all complaining, I hate picking up the phone. <laughs> but the moment you do, you discover it's not that bad. <laughs> and you gain confidence. And all of a sudden, you can see the, the, uh, the, the success rate starts going up. Really? I like that a lot. And the same thing with targeting, right? So you're totally on track, right? If you know that your best people have been coming from healthcare and medicine, then you focus in there. And there is a very strong emphasis on ethics in the healthcare and medical fields, right? And Hippocratic Oath and all of that. So they're really, it lends itself, right? So many people think they have to go into the no man's land, no, let me go into the place where the ethics are really poor because they need this the most. Yeah, but they're not buying. I'd always say, if you're going to open a shoe store, I used to hang out in the West Village. Um, if you're going to open a shoe store, do you do it on Shoe Row, right, where there's already 50 shoe stores? Or do you do it 10 blocks away? You do it on Shoe Row. That's where people are going to buy shoes. If you're selling ethics, some people might say, okay, sell it to the people who really need it. They're not buying it. Sell it to the people who already want it. It's a good starting point. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, I was talking to another speaker. He, he speaks on trust. You know, and he said, he said, really, I speak on ethics. But he said, it's hard to sell ethics because people think either they don't need it or it's too late. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's something they value, which is why you would focus specifically on the industries and on the um, religious and, uh, you know, sometimes um, social subcultures that emphasize ethics. Yeah. They're buyers. Right. The people with the shoe fetish are the ones who are buying more shoes. The people who only have two pairs, you're like, well, I should target them. They need more shoes. They don't care. <laughs> the woman with the 70 pairs, she'll buy your shoes. Right. Go after her. Yeah. Yeah. That's very, very interesting. Uh, and a very, a very astute way of looking at it. Um, and the other thing you have to do <laughs> is to demonstrate the value. 
because there is this horrible, horrible, dirty word, dirty phrase. I'm only gonna say it once. Soft skills. Yes. <laughs> once there's soft skills, oh, well, that's optional. Right. You know, we don't really need those. There is more and more literature coming out and data coming out that demonstrates how much pro more productive employees are when they are in an atmosphere of trust, of, of respect. Um, the, this, the, the businesses that are ranked highest as best places to work are way above the average in their, in their financial success. And the people who work there, they love what they're doing. They're on board, they're passionate. They recommend this as a workplace to other people. They're not experiencing burnout. They're not cutting corners because they feel they're part of a team and they feel they're valued as part of a team. So, you know, whether, whether you're a, you know, a solopreneur, an entrepreneur, a corporate person, um, your relationships are what your business is all about, whether it's with your employees, your colleagues, or your clients. If you treat people right, they'll be on your side. If you put yourself out for people, they'll be more inclined to put themselves out for you. So how does that tie to ethics? All right, so like I get that. So I guess, you know, part of it is clarifying what does it mean, ethics, right? Because it's also very amorphous. Yeah, and, uh, and so that's, that's really, that could have been our starting point is, is how, and it's when I give my keynotes, that, that is my starting point. How do, we, how do you define ethics? Um, and there, there are a number of ways you can approach it. Um, it's a discipline, right? We have to recognize and commit ourselves to what we ought to do. We were talking about this before, not what does the law allow me to get away with, but what is the law attempting to guide me toward in terms of being a good citizen? And then from there, I have to recognize that it's in my own best interest to hold myself to a higher standard of conduct in my honesty, my integrity. You know, the word integrity comes from the word integer. An integer is a whole number. If you, you, you can't be ethical part-time, you can't have integrity part-time because it just won't work. It, it's gonna slip out, it's gonna spill out. The, the really these big buzzwords, which is authenticity. Authenticity, exactly. You know, first of all, you have to be. That one hasn't been used just yet. It's on its way. It's going to join holistic in a couple of. <laughs> but for now, yeah, authenticity so, is still trendy. Yeah, it's 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 we've come to a bad place when authenticity becomes a cliche. Um, I mean, I I've, I'm really upset that holistic has become a joke, right? Because I think it's such an important concept. Sure. Well, the, the, that's, that's, that's one of the reasons that, that language evolves. Uh, we hope language doesn't devolve because that can happen too. It's doing but, also, right? Like yeah. letter U, question mark, BTW, IMHO, um, letter C, letter U. It took, me a long, it, took me a, it took me a long time to adapt to this stuff. I, I, gotta, <laughs> I came late to the game. <laughs> When I first, um, I was I was a little late to like the social media game, probably like five six years, um, and I would be on social media and I have just no idea what people were saying, like none. 
like I would be on these mommy groups. We're going back 10 years now, right? But I'd be in these mommy groups and it'd be like, you know, my LO, my LO, my LO. I'm like, what's an LO? And I would search it online and I couldn't figure it out. And finally, friends like, little one. I'm like, oh, little one, got it. My little one, okay. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, we moved back to to the states in in '94, um, and everybody's talking about the Kardashians. That was in '94. I didn't realize. Well, I, whenever it started, that they were still popular then, and you know, I, I'm saying, who are they? And nobody could really give me an answer. Oh, I have a better story. I moved back to the states in 2014 to California, oh. and I was at the Beverly Hills Hotel. <laughs> and while I was there, we were actually there for, um, for prayer services on the Sabbath. And while I was there, suddenly all the teenagers ran out of the synagogue to the lobby. And I'm like, what is going on? They're like, oh, Kardashian just walked in. I'm like, what's a Kardashian? <laughs> and they all looked at me like there was something really wrong with me. I had no idea what they were. I just, I, I lived under a rock in Jerusalem for almost 10 years. I had no clue. I feel like that. That was one of my best stories. Um, yeah. And so yeah. many animals. <laughs> just like no idea what was going on. Who's everyone staring at? Yeah. But you know, if we could take this in back into the realm of ethics, um, you know, one of the extensions of ethics is is uh, is diversity. And and diversity means that that you don't assume that everyone you meet is going to have your same cultural reference points. Right. Uh, and, and you you adapt. You you make an effort to understand them. You try to use language. I mean, when when I speak to a religious Jewish group, I sound different from yeah. how I sound when I'm speaking to to a, a professional group or a secular group, because the the the, the Yiddishized English that we speak in in our community uh, just doesn't work. No, it doesn't. It's a little cumbersome going back and forth because <laughs> That's every community. So something that I've really learned, you know, in my and not, not as extensive world travels, right? But I've got clients in six different continents, you know, and, and primarily English speaking. Um, most of my clients are native English speakers, some are not, right? But the Australians really do, it's, it's different. Their English is different. Some words that they say, I mean, my South African people are like, okay, Esty, I'm gonna get back to you just now. And I'm like, that means not now, right? Just remind me, I remember that just now means not now. So that means later. Um, and like nuances of language and what people mean when they say things and how you phrase things. We do a lot of marketing language, ad copy. Like it's different even when people speak the same language, just, just from different places, right? We do totally different things when we work with people in London versus Australia versus LA versus New York versus middle of America versus people in Hong Kong. Like it's just different everywhere. And to me, that's yeah. part of the fun. Yeah, and, <laughs> I mean, as, as long as you're attuned, I mean, I actually use this in my, in my diversity keynote. Um, you know, if, you, if you're in an international conference and uh, another, another attendee who's British, you know, asked you for directions and you direct him to the first floor. Well, you think you're talking about the ground floor if you're American. He thinks you're talking about the floor above the first floor. Right. Above the ground floor, right? So he's going to be upset with you that you sent him to the wrong place, and you're going to be upset with him that he's getting mad at you when you told him the right thing. And the problem is, is, is only a problem if you don't make the effort to try to figure out where the breakdown in communication came from. But how is that ethics? 
because ethics is looking beyond outside oneself. It's taking responsibility for the actions, for the effect my actions have. You know, we're very big on rights here in America. Yeah. Um, and that's fine, but we should be bigger on responsibilities. If I'm taking responsibility to make sure that your rights are being protected and you're taking responsibility for making sure that my rights are being protected, then we're always going to be getting along. But if I'm standing on my rights and you're standing on your rights, we're going to be butting heads all the time. And the ethical mindset is one that looks outside myself. It says, what, what can, not what do I have to do, but what can I do? What should I do? If you don't already have a talk on this, this is your doorway into corporate. Just by the way, right? You elaborate on that? Yeah. At, so this is, this is what I do, right? I'm, I'm a filter. Um, and very often with my clients, I'm just a mirror. Right? People will talk to me, they'll talk. Sometimes like, you know, I work in a 50 minute hour if I do private sessions. And sometimes people will talk for 40 of the 50 minutes and it's perfect. Because in the last 10, we're there. Right, because all I do is hold up, hold up the mirror, and I show them. I add a little bit of things from like 15 different places, and poof, you're good to go. So, the ethical mindset, getting your employees to look outside themselves and perform above and beyond the call of duty. I don't know any corporate executive who doesn't want that in their company. And if you can do, obviously, you have to deliver on this, but if this is what you teach, uh, especially with people working from home, you know, uh, through Zoom, doing many different things at the same time. Oh, my video's down today. Yeah, no, don't worry. I'm right here. I am fully attentive to the meeting, you know, um, and so many different. This is something, again, business is an exchange of value for value, right? So the value that's provided giving a talk at a conference, even if the content's the same, is very different than the value provided doing a, a small group session for a company. What problem are you solving? When you solve a problem to speak at a conference, you are solving the problem of a meeting planner. They need a good speaker with good content that the audience will enjoy so that they will enjoy being part of the association and want to keep paying their dues. Right? So that's the problem you solve. So if you have a good enough talk and people walk out nodding, yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was enjoyable. I like that. Yeah, I gained a nugget or two. They're happy. And when you shift to corporate, you, you might look at it as the same target, right? These are the same business executives that attend the keynotes. It's a completely different target because you're not really selling the executives when you do keynotes for associations. You're selling the meeting planners. Right? And, and, and it's multi-layered, right? When we do work with nonprofits, it's always layers. But if you want to break into corporate trainings, and I think what you're teaching is very valuable, I really do, then what problems do the business owners have, right? So ethical mindset, getting your employees to perform above capacity in a new Zoom work culture. Oh, that's a good one. I'm glad we recorded that line. I can't say it again. I never can. <laughs> um, and these are the angles. Right? And you do small private group trainings. And then maybe you do an ongoing program. So the way it looks is you go in and you do a small private group training, right? And you do the same kind of outreach. The messaging has to change. What problems do these executives have now? Right? And it might be you're probably reaching out to HR, 
right? They're the ones who do the ongoing training. So what does HR need? HR needs good employee performance. Great. Hey guys, I'm the guy. I'm going to get you good employee performance. I call it ethics, but what I'm going to do is get people to perform above and beyond because they're going to understand because it's their personal integrity and these are who they are. And this is, it, it taps into identity. It taps into fulfillment, growth, contribution, the higher levels of, of what we want to do in this world as opposed to selfish motives. Like there's so many beautiful things here, uh, but the results is what matters. So you do an intro session. If that intro session has both short and long-term benefits where there's some quick things that people can take that make a difference where they walk out going, oh, okay, I can implement that right now. But there's also kind of a broader framework that you can help them implement that will be transformational. Now you're starting to build a stable corporate training business. Well, I think I can confidently say you're good at what you do. Well, <laughs> <laughs> my client the other day, he's like, I did something like this. He's like, I see, this is why we pay you the big bucks, right? I'm like, that's right. That's right. It's interesting because in the speaking world, it's widely known that the, the, the best speakers are often not the most successful speakers because it's one skill set to get up on a stage and engage an audience. And it's a completely different skill set to market yourself. And they are frequently, they frequently don't go together. Yes. <laughs> Which yeah. is why there's a coaching business and an agent business and a... Yes, blends of skill sets. Oh, I really feel like we should go for so much longer, but sure. we do but need it's a, it's a good point, a good uh, object lesson, the importance of partnership. Mm -hmm. uh, because when you want to, when you look for a partner, and I mean, people in, in relationships, personal relationships make this mistake a lot. You know, we tend to look for people just like us. And really, we should be looking for people who are complementary to us. Because you don't need two partners who are good at all the same things and weak at all the same things. When you find people who I'm good at this, you're good at that, and together we get it all done, um, that's what makes a successful team. Totally. Some of them, um, I think it's Richard Branson. I don't remember the exact quote, but the concept is, you know, business success is acknowledging your weaknesses and hiring to compensate for them, more or less, right? And that, that's what they say about him, that he is a genius at building the teams to do things, right? You don't... And, and I work a lot with primarily service-based businesses, right? From their early stages all the way into like the stable seven figures. That's my, my super niche. And from, I do launch, grow, scale, right? So what you do when you're just bootstrapping, starting out on your own, to what growth looks like where you're still heavily involved, to what scale looks like where you really have to rally people around you, you have to work different. And it can't be just you. And it's hardest for the superstars who are good at everything, right? Like nobody can do this as well as me. I said, I believe you. Guess what? If you're doing it all, you'll never be as big as you want to be. So you have a choice. You can do it exactly how you want by yourself, or you could have it done to the professional standard you need by a bunch of other people. Pick one. Yeah. And the, you know, they say that the best CEOs do nothing. Essentially, in the sense but, that you know they're, they're their team, yeah, right. you know, they're making sure everybody's in the right place, doing the doing the jobs, and everything's working in concert. Totally. All right, tell everyone how to find you. 
Uh, easiest way is my website, which is my name, Jonasson Goldson, Y-O-N-A-S-O-N-G-O-L-D-S-O-N.com. Very active on LinkedIn. Uh, not so active on the other forums, but I'm there also. Um, just had a TikTok video that went surprisingly popular. Uh, what was it about? <laughs> it was about headlines. Um, I, I was talking about one a political headline uh, on one of the, the news carriers that was uh, slanted. Okay. And just talking about integrity in communicating a message and... Uh, Boy, <laughs> like six times as many views as like my usual. Yeah, that'll that'll be a hot a hot topic. <laughs> of course, the problem with talking about politics is that you automatically alienate half the people you're talking to. And since I'm a moderate, I alienate everybody I'm talking to. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's usually what I find as well. <laughs> All right. So surprise. Um, I like to ask my guests for a quote at the end. I did not warn you. Um, now you've given me some good ones. My favorite one is ethics begins where compliance ends. So you can lean on that if you want to. It does not have to be a favorite quote of all time, but it can be. But I love these little pithy wisdoms to send people on their way. Well, I'll tell you the one that's on my, uh, on my voicemail. If you, if you forget it or don't write it down, you can call me and you'll hear it there. Uh, from Mark Twain, always do right. You'll gratify some and astonish the rest. Oh, I love that. Should be your email footer too. <laughs> That's really cool. I like that. I think, and, and again, what I love about asking for a quote at the end is it always kind of encapsulates everything we've said. Yeah. You know, we have to talk in sound bites these days. People's attentions are just too. too yeah, you got about 1.2 seconds. That's, yeah. about, that's about all you've got. You know, so this has been amazing. This was really, really, really great. Thank you so much. My pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Guys, for all of you listening, I think you know someone who could use a little, little ethical, you know, boost. Um, we talked about so many different things today, especially if you know someone who is looking to become a speaker or is looking to transition from being a speaker into the coaching consulting world. This episode will probably be really valuable for them. So share the wealth, share the love, share the business knowledge iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or at sdran.com slash business breakthrough. You can find all of the episodes and we will catch you next week. There are a lot of online courses out there and lots of online course academies. So when you want to learn something new, how do you choose? Well, it depends what you're looking for. And if you're looking for the best way to get a premium university level education, then edX is your answer. With over 100 million course enrollments and 152 global partners, you can learn everything from marketing, my personal favorite, to coding, languages, to management skills, and everything in between. You can pay for edX courses to get the full experience and earn verified certificates. But if all you need is to upgrade your skills or knowledge, many can be audited for free. So I don't know what you're waiting for. I checked out edX as soon as I heard this, and you should go right now, or whenever you're not driving, to sign up at edX with our link, www.edX.org slash breakthrough. That's www.edX.org slash breakthrough to get a special discount and access to incredible learning, certifi certifications, and even degrees. www.edX.org slash breakthrough. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, 
reach out at sdran.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?